Well, praise the Lord, Jesus. You're in for a real treat this morning. If we can find the treater. Oh, he's coming from the back. Ladies and gentlemen, world-renowned traveling prophet, Kelly Hancock. Sometimes you have to uh, take care of some business along the way and put on five hats at the same time. Have you ever tried that one? <laughs> yeah. Being a school teacher, you learn to do that quite often. Okay. Clean a few diapers and, and teach three plus nine and, and turn around and tell a little history and turn around and, and tell everyone to do some housekeeping chores, you know, because your, your uh, desk area looks like a pig pen. And say it with a smile on your face and not make them feel offended, okay? And uh, because we're living in a contemporary society, oh, all these wonderful ways that you have to say things and do things, it's quite amazing. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, that's amazing, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, putting on five hats, can you imagine what that looks like, okay? That would... <laughs> Uh, this is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Yeah. You know, my, my first experience with uh, palm branches, um, we lived in the Rocky Mountains for when I was growing up. And so seeing a palm branch or a palm tree or anything like that was non-existent. Let's just say that. Uh, the only way we saw them were in uh, uh, books uh, and then, of course, you know, you watch the Ten Commandments and, and with Charlton Heston and, and a few of those kind of movies back then. And you saw some palm branches being waved, okay, by the servants who were taking care of and making the, the king or the queen feel all nice and comfortable while they popped in grapes and, and wonderful things like, like royalty does, right? Maybe I'm showing my age just a little bit, okay? Uh, but that's all I knew about palm branches, okay? Palm trees. And, and uh, first time I ever actually uh, touched one was actually in college. Look at your neighbor and say, man, he's been without. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, 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 it was a college. It was a church over in Yukon. And, and they did Palm Sunday. And they started bringing out palm branches. And I just stared at that palm branch because I had never seen one up close before. I felt it, you know, just feeling, what on earth is this thing, you know? And, and it had searing edges on it like a blade of a knife. I'm wondering, what on earth? Why would they want to celebrate with these things? <laughs> um, also, you know, I was thinking, uh, uh, preparing for the message, uh, the issue of a donkey. Yeah, in the Old Testament, you know, donkey was used to, you know, proclaim the, the plan of God, and, okay? And not that God was wanting to use the donkey at the time. I'm sure he was using other forms and methods in order to get the point across. And that wasn't happening. And so they finally, okay, he finally used the donkey. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we could be saying that we're donkeys, okay? And he uses us to glorify and to proclaim the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, my first experience with a donkey... Uh, was when I was with my grandma and grandpa, my dad's parents, and we, we were in Utah for a couple weeks uh, uh, visiting them, and they visited friends uh, in a little ranch nearby, and, and they happened to have a donkey. 
And so uh, all of us grandkids, we uh, decided we had to ride the donkey. And of course, you know, when you get on the donkey and the first thing the donkey did uh, was he just put his two front feet down and off we sailed right off of his head onto the floor. Did that more than once, okay? So my experience with the donkey was quite uh, aggravating and quite interesting. I had never seen such before. And, and, uh, uh, and now you know my experience with donkeys. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know what your experiences are with palm branches and donkeys. But I'm not sure that we're here to specifically talk about palm branches and donkeys. Okay? Uh, if we're here to talk about palm branches and donkeys, we might miss the point of why we're here today. Uh, I want us to look at a neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know what you came here for. But I came here to hear something about the Lord Jesus. And I'm not going to disappoint you, okay? We're, we're here and, and we're going to move forward into all that God has for this day. As we were worshiping, I was just hearing, uh, I think the Holy Spirit was saying to possibly a couple of you, the, 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 the main uh, focus okay, that, that we have here, of course, is worshiping Jesus. And I know that some of you, you know, it's hard to get here sometimes. And, and I was just hearing in my heart that some of you, because you made the decision to come in spite of the obstacles that were in the way specifically for today, God is opening up some doors and he is releasing some things into your uh, 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 life, into your future, into your now. Okay, does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. If that's you, then you can just receive it, okay? And then uh, there was another thing that kind of came into my heart as we were worshiping. I, I heard uh, that uh, there are some of you here that have issues regarding, uh, let's say, conversations in the family, close family members, and there's resistance to different things going on. And uh, you... Uh, have heard me, says the Lord, regarding the thing that needs to take place. And there is resistance to it. And, and so as you continue to stand your ground in my love, in my grace, you will watch things shift and begin to show forth my purpose and plan. Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. Remember, sometimes we want to push it, okay, and make it happen. And a lot of times disaster takes place when that takes place. But we want to make sure that we do stand firm in the foundation, as Pastor Dan prayed over us, firm in the word, firm in the purposes and the plans that he has. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Palm branches were used in most ancient cultures for many different reasons, okay? So before we get to thinking that palm branches were only used in the Bible, okay, I want to burst that little bubble a little bit and let you know that many ancient cultures used palm branches in many different ways. They, they were painted on, they were put into different uh, fabrics, uh, they were presented during different festivals. So palm branches have been around, okay? Okay? not just for biblical purposes, okay? And so uh, an example uh, was that a palm frond or a palm tree was a picture of complete victory if you were part of ancient Rome. And I, and I believe as I was doing some of my study, and of course uh, in Rome, that's the Roman government was ruling during Jesus' time. 
And so it could very well be that the palm branches were used because that's what the Romans used in signs of victory, okay? And so I'm not trying to diminish what was going on during that wonderful day called, we call Palm Sunday. You do realize Palm Sunday was not used back then. Okay, they didn't go around and say, oh, we're celebrating Palm Sunday. No, that wasn't the issue, okay? There weren't, that wasn't the word that was used at the time, okay? And we'll talk a little bit more of that as we, we flow along. But in the Old Testament, palm branches were used in the making of the sukkah. Everyone say sukkah. Uh, for the festival of booths, okay? Or the sukkot, the sukkot, okay? Uh, the sukkot, pardon me, the sukkot. Uh, and that's a celebration of the harvest time. Okay, And so the God instructed the people of God to celebrate the harvest. And one of those things was to build yourself a little booth, as it were, and use palm branches and other things to put it together. And it was a sign of harvest, a sign of, uh, of the, the harvest coming in. It's a great time of the year. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a great time of the year. Hallelujah. In Leviticus 23:40 it's a little bit more specific. And you shall take on the first day the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for 7 days. That was the, the, uh, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, okay? And so uh, we have other scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about palm branches in different places. So palm branches have been used in many different forms. There's a controversy about palm branches being used during the triumphal entry. Okay, the, you know, well, there's date palms and there's coconut palms and there's all different kinds of palm trees around the world. And, and the palm trees that were around during Jesus' time, you know, down in, in Jerusalem and Israel, okay, some of them are low elevation, some are high elevation. And I'm not going to get into all that, okay? You know, uh, one of my names when I was in college, okay, one of them was Opie. Some of you heard of the older regime, you know, you kind of know what that means, okay? Yeah, I was Opie, because I had red hair, you know, it doesn't look like it now, but I had some pretty bright red hair. I'm not sure I acted like Opie, and I definitely do not uh, think about and think like Opie does nowadays in real life, okay, for he does not flow along biblical themes at all. Uh, but, okay, I was known as Opie, okay, uh, to all my classmates. But uh, as a, in terms of uh, college professors, especially one, a theological professor, uh, I was known as Existentialist Kelly, okay? Uh, I did not like to quibble, okay? I did not like to get into all the little itty-bitty details and the dots and the eyes and, well, it says in the word, if... Well, no, it means in, of, in, of, in. And I'm like, I just love Jesus. I just worship him. I just want to know him better. Who cares about the other in the end? I just love Jesus. So if I'm going to be existentialist Kelly, I'll be existentialist Kelly. Okay? But I just love Jesus. And sometimes I think like maybe right now, you know, uh, if it's date palms or coconut palms and, and if they use them, you know, I, okay, I just know in the word they were used. 
okay, to celebrate, okay, the incoming of a king known as Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So is there controversy? Yes. I'm not going to really go into that part, okay, uh, because uh, that's not the purpose of the whole scene. <laughs> now, uh, what I did find regarding this whole issue was the following scripture that showed the mindset of Jesus at the time as it came near for him to be crucified. And it was rolling around in my heart for several days. And it, it's found in Isaiah chapter 50, verses 6 and 7. And in it, it gave me a picture, okay? And it says, offered my back, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Listen to this. Therefore, have I set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. And, and in it, then I go, we go to... Um, the scripture in Luke uh, chapter 9, verse 51, uh, we can tell that the scripture in Isaiah speaks of Jesus. It's clear that even before he left his throne and became a human being, his heart was already set like flint to redeem us and to adopt us as his own. Luke tells of a time in which Jesus shifted his gaze. He was doing the works of the Lord, hearing what the Father is saying, and he began to shift his gaze. And he began to head. He knew he needed to go somewhere. He knew he needed to go to Jerusalem. There was something that had to be done. There's something that was in the heart of the king of kings that said, it is now time for me to head to Jerusalem. It is the time. Now, did he stop doing what he was normally doing? No. He continued to be the saving God. He continued to be the delivering God. He continued to be the redeeming God. He continued to be the delivering God. He continued to be who he was always called to be. But there was something in his heart that says there is, there is yet ahead something I need to do. And it's for the God's people. And it's for, and I am doing it. I'm doing it. God's word says I do it with what? Joy. The joy that is set before me. Hallelujah. And I will go through this. And so he headed toward Jerusalem. And in Luke 9, 51, it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, for him to be dealt with and be crucified, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So I believe there's something in his heart, okay, that drew him and moved him to go where he went. He knew, okay, he wasn't just there to bless people, heal people, but there was also the most dramatic, most powerful moment that would come. And it was on the heart of the Father from the beginning of time. God's word says that he was slain from the foundation of the world. So from the beginning, it, it was already known to take place. He would be crucified and he would rise three days later. Amen. Hallelujah. And, but he knew that he had this ahead of him and he would not stop doing what he was always called to do along the way. Today, what I want to share with you is going to be based out of the book of Matthew, but I'm going to pull from some other of the Gospels. 
as we move along. And I don't want to just go right straight to the account of the triumphal entry, we call it, uh, of Jesus into the city. I want to also go a few verses beforehand so we can get a picture of everything Jesus was doing. He was still performing. He was still doing the things that he had always been doing. Hallelujah. Because he came to Jerusalem doesn't mean he was changing and shifting and now everything has come to a halt as I get ready to go into and through the gates into the city. Hallelujah. So let's go back a little bit and let's start in Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse number 17. And in verse 17 and so forth, it says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. Everyone say Jerusalem. On the way, everyone say on the way, he took the 12 aside and said to them, we're going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and they will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Hallelujah. So Jesus is doing what he's done before in that he is preparing his disciples, the ones that he is pouring into, and telling them there's coming a time up ahead when I am going to have these things happen to me. But don't be, of di don't be discouraged. Keep right on moving forward. Hallelujah. And I'm here to say today to you, there are going to be some things that might look a little shaky in the world upcoming, but don't be discouraged for your God knows ahead of time what's taking place. He has a plan for you. He's moving ahead of you already. He's prepared a place for you and he is, hallelujah, on your side. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he is on your side. He is. He really is on your side. And though the earth shake, okay, and the ground give way, hallelujah, your God is stable and your God is dependable and your God and his word are eternal and they are unshakable. And when everything else shakes and you too will be shaken, we all will be shaken. We are all being shaken now. But in the shaking, we can put our total trust and belief and dependency upon a God that though we cannot see him, he is more real to us, if we understand, than the chair you're sitting in right now. Someday soon that chair is going to fall. Now I'm praying that you're, you're not going to be in that chair when it decides to fall. Okay, It's stable enough to hold you during this period of time. I just saw three people stand as a result of I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to look around to see if anyone actually did that. I lied. I am sorry. <laughs> I repent in the dust and ashes. <laughs> But Jesus was predicting his death to the 12 disciples. And in the book of John, it actually says that those disciples didn't understand what he was saying at the time. And he didn't realize it until after the fact of what he was trying to tell them. But they didn't lose their faith. Though their faith was shaken later on during the, the crucifixion and, and shortly thereafter. Their faith was shaken. In fact, Jesus said uh, to, uh, to Peter, he said, I have prayed for you, okay? I have asked Satan to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that you would not fall. 
Hallelujah. And I believe he says that to each and every one of us, individually and as a body of Christ. Hallelujah. Though we will be shaken, okay, we, hallelujah, can know that our God is with us and that he is stable and that he give, puts us on firm ground inside of our lives so we can stand and we can testify to the good things of God in the midst of a, of a chaotic world. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And then shortly after, let's continue reading uh, from that spot. Uh, it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in the kingdom. Oh, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? Oh, we can, they answered. Let's continue on. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. And Jesus called them together and said... When the ten heard about this, they were called in debt. Well, it says Jesus called them together. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He's trying to show them some very important principles. Okay? They're still dealing with who's going to be the greatest. Okay, And he's saying, this is not how we walk. This is not how I want you to see things. If you want to be truly great, serve. Look at your neighbor and say, serve. Okay, This life is not about us. It's about him. And it's about others. In Philippians 2.3, that's our school motto this year, our verse for this year. Okay, and, and it tells us not to be okay, selfish and think only of ourselves, but to consider others more important than yourselves. Okay, that is the flow of a child of God. Hallelujah. And Jesus was trying to reiterate that to them in the heat of the last week, okay, of life that he would spend here on this earth. They're still battling, they're still quibbling over such things. And I dare to say that we still quibble over those things if we're not careful. Yeah. Okay, and, and so uh, let us uh, continue on. And, and notice Jesus has been doing this for a while now. He's been doing this. He's been telling everyone about it. He's been healing people. He's been sharing with people. He's been talking to the disciples. I'm going to be gone you know, sometime and I'm going to be crucified. Okay, he's done those things before and he's continuing to do them. Hallelujah. So let's continue. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked, Lord, they answered, We want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them. Everyone say, Compassion. And touched their eyes and immediately, everyone say immediately. immediately. 
they received their sight and followed him. Everyone say, and followed him. I'm, I'm here to say, number one, I was uh, rather excited when I saw that they, what was it that the uh, blind men said to Jesus? They said, uh, Jesus, who? Son of who? David. When you see son of David, this was a very high level uh, phrase to call uh, someone. And uh, it was, he, was, he was known okay, as Messiah in that place. Now, beforehand, okay, whenever people would just see that, like Peter, you know, when Jesus, when Peter, at Jesus, when Jesus asked people, asked the disciples, who do you say I am? Who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter released it, okay? And he said, you know, uh, yeah, you're right, okay? Uh, spirit, uh, you know, flesh and blood didn't receive, didn't uh, take that, give that to you, okay? But my Father in heaven showed you, okay? And, and, but there wasn't this, you know, go out and tell everybody about it. Well, now two blind people have just said, Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on us. And how, does he respond to that? Yes, he does. And so he begins, okay, to declare that he is, through his actions, that he is now the son of David. He is the Messiah, the one that you have prayed for, the one that you have waited for, has now come into your midst, okay? And so we see that, and he brings the healing to those uh, who are there, the blind men. Hallelujah. And now I want us to uh, move along, okay? And, and let's continue to read. And in verse 1 of chapter 21, it says, As they approached Jerusalem, everyone say, as they approached, and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, and here's what the prophet said in the Old Testament. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And um, it, it's interesting, you know, one of the, uh, uh, the gospels says that in, in this one it's a, a donkey and also the colt. Okay, and it says that uh, when they got uh, Jesus prepared and got the colt and the donkey ready, it says that they put the uh, some cloaks over the colt, the young the the young colt, the young donkey. Hallelujah! And Jesus rode on the young colt, not on the donkey. Okay, uh, and so uh, I wanted to make us aware of that. Now, if he is the Messiah, and if you're in the world and you see, you know, someone is a Messiah or he is a great king, he is of high echelon, okay, he is not going to be coming on a little itty bitty donkey. He is going to be riding on a very high horse. And if you're a king, then you're even a little higher than that. But Jesus came on the foal, in a foal, a colt, okay, a young one. One of the gospels actually says that he came, <clears throat> he rode on a colt, on a little donkey that had never been ridden. Okay? Now that to me would be almost a miracle in and of itself to get a donkey who had never been ridden, okay? And Jesus was riding on that. Okay, usually donkeys don't move, <laughs> but he moved for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Now, I'm not going to get into, you know, uh, let's, let's talk about what the donkey said, okay? Let's listen to it from the donkey's point of view. I'm not going to go there, okay? I'm not going to go there. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God. <laughs> but we do know that Jesus came uh, riding on a donkey, okay? And so let's continue. Hallelujah. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd, everyone say a very large crowd, spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now, here's another interesting thing, that it is only the book of John that actually says that they were palm branches, only John. Uh, this one, did it show you? Did it show palm branches? No, it just said branches. Okay? Uh, some of the other versions of the other gospels, okay, actually said that they got branches from the field, okay, and placed them on the road, okay? And so uh, John is the only place where palm branches are uh, actually used. Now, I'm not going to go into details why they were palm branches and the other gospels didn't, okay? I am here to say that they were in, they, the crowds were gathered because Jesus was coming and they wanted to show in some way, okay, what they felt about him at the time. Now, here's something else. Scripture, prophetic scripture says that he would come on a donkey, it doesn't say anything about that palm branches were waved. I don't mean to crush your little hearts there, okay? But what I'm saying here is, is that even though it's, it's not prophetically shared that palm branches were used and that that's what would happen, that was the response of the people to Jesus coming. Hallelujah. And so it's not that I'm saying that it's wrong, Okay, it's just the response of the people, okay, to what was taking place. Look at your neighbor and say, okay. Okay, just don't think it's a, a prophetic thing, you know, to wave your palm branches all around, okay? And, and I'm not trying to dissuade people from seeing something prophetic, okay? And, but I'm here to see things from what the Word of God actually says. Hallelujah. Are you here to hear the Word of God? Hallelujah. I want to know what the word of God has to say. Hallelujah. And then I make a decision in my heart what the Lord is trying to tell me. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. But the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the who? Son of David. The Messiah. He, he's being declared as the, as the Messiah now. Hosanna. To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Stand, everybody. Hallelujah. We're going to pretend that Jesus is coming into the place. Hallelujah. And we're going to say this as he comes in. Hallelujah. Are you ready? He's coming right through the doors. Hallelujah. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah. Hallelujah. I just wanted to get you a little taste, okay, of what it was like, okay? And oh, oh no, you didn't have your palm branches. Okay? I think we'll be okay. 
Okay, you may take your seat, but I wanted to just kind of share that just for a moment to help us to get a, a, some sort of an understanding, maybe what was going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's continue. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Now, remember, what city were they coming into? Now, all of those outside cities, Jesus was doing all these marvelous things and people were receiving, getting delivered, getting set free, sight to the blind, hearing, the, the deaf are hearing. I, I mean, all kinds of glory. The deaf are, the de I'm sorry, the dead are being raised. Okay, all kinds of grand things are happening. Okay, now, there was something that would take place though when he would tend to go to Jerusalem and there was this force that kept on resisting everything that he had to say or do. And those were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, okay? And they were hot around the collar, okay? And they were upset. And do you know a lot of the reason why they were upset? It's because when Jesus would come and he would bring all this freedom and all this deliverance, people would start following him and they would stop going to the synagogue, they're taking our people. That means not as much money coming into the coffers. Oh my goodness. Okay. But you know what? If we're not careful. Okay. We can become a Pharisee, a Sadducee, or a teacher of the law. When Jesus is trying to do something in our midst now. And then we come and, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be done. This is how it's to be done, don't you know? Okay? And we resist, okay, what he wants to accomplish, okay? And so uh, there was a big stir in Jerusalem, okay? A big chaotic time that was going on. Why? Different people were believing different things, had heard different things, and they were responding differently. So there was a big Halui going on, okay? When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the... Now, watch this. He's already gone through town, okay? The, the celebration, the palm branches, everything has already happened. And now, okay, he's going into the temple. Watch what is happening, he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling the doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Okay. He was declaring and now he's beginning to walk in the dimension of Messiah, the son of David. And things are not right in the temple, in my house. So I'm putting things right in my house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there are some people that are not happy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And so we find out that he's clearing the temple. Notice what happens next, ladies and gentlemen. And the blind and the lame came to him at the temple. Jesus is still doing what he does. Even in the temple. And it says, and he healed them. Everyone say, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, wonderful things, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. Oh, and by the way, do you know what Hosanna means? 
means save now. Save now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hosanna to the son of death. Who? The Messiah. Oh, you can imagine the chief priests about this time. What? He's saying he's the, they're saying he's the Messiah. How dare them? And then they turned to Jesus and they were indignant. Everyone say they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have uh, called forth your praise. It is time. I'm the Messiah. I am who they say I am. <laughs> and he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. Hallelujah. And what I want us to do is there are a few other places, okay, uh, and I'm not going to go into great detail, but I want us to, to note that uh, after um, we see the issue of, of Jesus doing the things in the um, temple and he goes around and he's still uh, healing and he's still doing all these many things. Uh, there is one other thing I wanted to make mention after, uh, as the event comes to a close, the, uh, I believe it's in Luke where he shares in Luke 19, where Jesus, he has uh, been celebrated and he's uh, gone in and done some things in the city. He's done the healing, but he also looks over the city. He looks over the city. And, and he says, and when he drew near and saw the city, everyone say the city, he wept over it saying, would that you, even you, Jerusalem, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Hallelujah. Later, Jesus would spend his last few days upon earth, giving instruction, loving people, setting in motion the plan that would bridge the chasm between God and man. And Jesus was and he is the promised Messiah for all people, for all time. His title is King of Kings. His title is Lord of Lords. He didn't come the way that people thought he should come. Pastor Dan referred to that earlier today. Hallelujah. Most wanted him to, uh, to save them right out of the Roman government system. And it has set everything right. But no, he came to bring eternal life. He came to bring eternal life. Hallelujah. They were concerned about the now. He was saying, no, look to what is uh, eternal. Hallelujah. He came to bring eternal life to all who believed in him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. He will come again. Will he come the way that many are hoping? We'll find out. 
Jesus went about doing good while he was on the earth. He continues to go about doing good through the people that he is living inside of, healing all who were afflicted. He brought the kingdom of God to earth while he was here. He is calling his children. That's why in prayer we say, your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth as it what? Is in heaven. Hallelujah. He is the second. Adam who brought the most glorious redemptive story and made it real for all mankind to partake of if they would what? Believe. Hallelujah. He offered the plan of eternal life long ago and the plan is still offered to us today. Our time of visitation is when? Today. He is here right now in our midst today. Hallelujah. Paul spoke in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. In the time of my favor I heard you. And in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Stand please with me. Hallelujah. Your God is here in your midst. Hallelujah. I want us to respond to the word of God that you have heard today. Yes, we call it Palm Sunday. But it was movement of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's just moving where he's supposed to go, doing what he's called to do. He is in our midst today. Hallelujah. To touch to heal, to deliver, to set free, hallelujah, to do all, hallelujah, that is within the kingdom realm. The kingdom of God is within your reach. It is here, hallelujah. He is here. And so let us take a few moments, hallelujah, and respond to him today. Father God, you are our God. We are your children. We thank you, Father, that you made it a point to declare your word today for such a time as this, for hearing ears and seeing eyes and minds that will comprehend. Father, I thank you that we will not be able to shake off hallelujah, the things that you have said to us today of who you are and what you're doing. What you did before, you're still doing today. Hallelujah. You haven't stopped. And so, Father, any person that is here that is in need of healing, hallelujah, in any way, shape, or form, I pray right now that you touch the very source where they are ailing. In Jesus' name, touch and make whole. Father God, those who need restoration of families, I pray right now that there is a, a move of your spirit going and touching, bringing, shifting, and changing where it's needed, that the restoration would be made complete in Jesus' name. Father, for those who are uh, burdened, Father God, with demonic forces, whether it's in their soul or whether it's spiritual, Father, I pray right now that you begin to deal with those areas, uh, hallelujah, that they may be, hallelujah, conquered and that victory may come into their lives. Uh, Father, we thank you that this uh, uh, place right here called the altar is open for those who desire to be free, to be delivered in Jesus' mighty name. 
name. Father, we thank you for those who are on YouTube, for those who will watch later. Hallelujah. Father, if they are in need in any way, shape, or form, if they have, hallelujah, the need of Jesus Christ, Father, I thank you right now. Now is the time for their salvation. Now is the time for them to believe in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. If you're a person right now who needs Jesus, you know you need him. He is your only source. He is your only help. He is your God. He is your Savior. He is your boss. Hallelujah. Raise your hand boldly right now if you need him. On YouTube later, raise your hand wherever you're at and declare him and say, I am here, Lord. I want to pray. I want to believe right now. I want to receive you. Hallelujah. Just pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I come boldly. Forgive me of all I've done. I repent of the wicked ways. I come boldly and I say to you, Jesus, save me. Come into my life. Be the Lord, Savior, boss of my life. I will serve you the rest of my days with the help of your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Now I want you to stand in this place. Hallelujah. And I want you to realize your God is at work right now. We've already prayed the prayer. Hallelujah. Of healing, deliverance, restoration, reconciliation. Hallelujah. We've declared it to be so. Hallelujah. Stand in that place. Hallelujah. Of receiving. Stand in that place of believing and saying it is done. It is done. Just as Jesus said on the cross at the end, he said, it is what? It is done. It is finished. Hallelujah. It is taken care of. Hallelujah. We just thank you and praise you today for all that you have done in Jesus' holy name. And if you're in agreement with this, say amen. 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 Glory to God. Praise God. Please be seated. Kelly can take you down the highway 90 miles an hour in low gear. <laughs> Praise God. Now you've been to, you know you've been to church, right? Make no mistake about it. Praise the Lord. Just a few things. First of all, I uh, just want to remind you about offering and tithes and offerings. Uh, the information will be on the board to how you may give, text, or uh, you may use the online feature, or you may actually use an envelope. It's back there in the back, and there's a little slot back there in the back, and uh, you can leave your offering there. You know, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, yes. not a mad or sad or whatever <laughs> else. God does not say for you to bring tithes and offerings to manipulate you. God says to do it because it's for good for you. Amen. So put a smile on your face. And if, you know, if uh, you would think, well, I ought to be putting $1,000 in there, but I'm just going to put $10, smile on the $10, okay? Smile. This is fun. We get to give. And that's the whole purpose, praise God. You know, 
Well, I hear so much about people saying, yeah, church, there's no pastors always wanting to get money and everything else. Well, I'll tell you what, God's in this church and he will support it financially. So if you can't smile, keep your money, okay? Just keep it, you know? Because God is giving us the spirit of joy, which is a spirit of strength. Yes, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I love it. It's, it's so cool, praise God. Several announcements real quick here. Uh, let's see, Wednesday night, the Covenant series continues this Wednesday night. This is our last week on the Covenant, and we're going to be doing Q&A. We're going to be doing some different thoughts and whatever, because uh, Kelly and Brad will both be there to answer your questions. I'm going to be there to give them some questions, so uh, hallelujah. Uh, next Sunday, he is risen. Easter, Easter, yeah, Easter. Praise God. The whole thing about what Jesus came to earth for. He came to earth that he could rise again. Praise God, praise God, praise God. The whole day is about coming alive, so celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection. I like that word. Raised from the dead. Never to die again, okay? Never to die again. Some people say things like, well, you know, somebody was raised from dead, whatever. But they're going to die again. Jesus raised to never, never, ever die again. And we get to go live with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's the good news. Please stand up if you would. We've got a meal today for you, so we want you to make sure you stay around. We got some chicken and all kinds of other good things, side dishes and desserts and all kinds of goodies. So uh, just have a great time. We're going to enjoy fellowship with you and with each other. And at the very end of it, we're going to take just a few minutes and answer some questions that have been sent in. And so uh, that's going to be the first of several times that we're going to do that so that uh, we, can also get, we can all get our questions answered sooner or later. And if I can't answer them, I know a guy who does. Actually, he's the Holy Spirit. So he will use his word every time to praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you. We thank you, Lord God, that you have done so much in our lives today. We're grateful. We're eternally grateful. We thank you for life in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you've done everything that we could never, ever do. And you've done it with joy and with love, with our minds on your heart. Jesus, you went to the cross with the joy set before you. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you to bless the food that's here today. Make it a nourishment to our bodies. We receive it from your hand to our mouths and give you praise and glory. And bless the people who have brought different things too. And the people that fried the chicken. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So uh, we're going to go out in the foyer. That's where we're going to eat. If you can't make it, we still love you, but we really want you to eat some chicken, okay? So out in the foyer, and there'll be some more directions out there, okay? God bless you.